Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Jennifer Kolbuck. She is the owner, founder, and CEO of Mountaintop Consulting. How are you doing today, Jennifer? Great. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey with me today. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's always exciting to uh, connect with other people like you kind of sharing, uh, sharing these stories into the world. Yes. Well, let's jump right in. So as I mentioned, you run a social media agency called Mountaintop Consulting and are a social media coach. How did you get into that and what inspired you to start a business or career in this world? Yeah, no, great question. Well, I spent the last 12 years before this working in social media with lots of big brands and big companies. And I also have a traditional, like what I would call a traditional marketing background, you know, back before social media and some work in public yeah. relations. But the more I got into social media specifically, the more I enjoyed it because it's a field that's always changing, you know, uh, yeah. for better or for worse, there's always new changes rolled out on Instagram. It feels like um, every day, certainly every yeah. day. And I do enjoy that continual learning aspect of this field that there's always something new to learn, a new kind of challenge to overcome. So that's why I really, you know, kind of got into social media and decided to specialize in that field specifically. Kind of over my, my years and my journey working with bigger brands, I kind of knew along the way that I would love the idea of working for myself. I kind of, you know, knew that we, you know, we might, you know, have children one day, which we do now and wanted to, you know, be able to have a bit more flexibility along the way. And so I kind of started dabbling in with it a number of years ago. And it kind of, you know, once that little kind of hook got in of having that, that little bit of entrepreneurship, I decided that, uh, you know, over the course of many years to kind of slowly start building that out to where we are today. Excellent. So how long have you been in business now with as Mountaintop Consulting? Yeah. So, I mean, Mountaintop Consulting started about four years ago, but it was a side hustle for most of those years. Okay. Well, I was either on a combination of either working in my full-time job and two maternity leaves. So, you know, it was, it was a side hustle for many years as I kind of figured out the nuts and bolts of, you know, running an online business. And then it's been a full-time business since this or October, 2020, depending on when you're listening to this. And that was when I did not go back to my job after my second maternity leave. And that was when I really wanted to make this, you know, make this stick and make this work. So certainly still new as a full-time entrepreneur, yeah. but it's been in the works for a number of years. Okay. How did you come up with the name for your company? Yeah, great question. Well, my last name, Colbuck, you know, well, unfortunately it's not easy to say or to spell. So <laughs> I knew I couldn't do something with that. And if I had a I had more, you know, generic last name or user pronounced last name, I probably would have just gone with a last name option. So Colbuck was out. But really my love of hiking, my very first client was Vancouver Trails, a big hiking you know, brand here in Vancouver. Okay. 
And one of the reasons we moved to the West Coast of Canada, I'm originally from Ontario, was for, you know, to be out in nature and to be hiking. So I was trying to combine something with, you know, the hiking imagery, but then also the idea of, you know, climbing your mountain, whether that's, you know, a literal mountain or the personal journey you go on when you're right. Very clever. I like it. What excites or inspires you the most about what you do? Oh, I mean, kind of two things. I mean, the first thing being an entrepreneur is, you know, at first when I, I left my corporate job, I, I was a bit worried about, you know, you don't have colleagues anymore, right? You don't have those, those people you, you hang out with in the lunchroom every day. But to be honest, I've met so many amazing other entrepreneurs on this journey. And I love being able to connect with those people along the way and, and share their stories and find out, um, you know, find out what they're doing. And then on the flip side, I love connecting with my clients all day. It's been such an empowering thing to be able to help other women grow their businesses, hear their stories. Most of my clients are entrepreneurs themselves. So I really just love that connection piece and meeting more members of my community here in Port Moody. You mentioned you're working with women-led businesses. Why have you decided to focus your business model on helping women-led businesses? Or did yeah. this, or did, did it just happen organically or was this uh, an intentional thing? Yeah, you know, I think a little bit of both. I mean, okay. certainly, I think there's kind of that camaraderie, I think, in the industry of women starting businesses, wanting to help other women. I think we have such a natural kind of community feel about wanting to help other people kind of rise up that way. And certainly when you kind of get into, especially being a mom and you meet other moms and you're chatting and you've kind of have that instant connection. And I really think, it, you know, it's, it's such an empowering thing to see other women find that balance, whatever balance is going to mean for them between motherhood and work. And, you know, there's right. no right or wrong answer there, but I think for me, it's like, I totally understand how busy it is to try and run a business while you're also trying to raise, you know, little ones or ones. And so I think it's just been wonderful to kind of share those experiences and connect with other women who who are doing both of those things so fantastically and help them grow with their business. Now, I read that you have a no bullshit approach when working with your clients. Can you talk to or tell us a (laughs) bit about your approach when you work with clients? Explain that to us. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely not one to sugarcoat things. I think (laughs) I think people appreciate that honestly. I certainly don't want to offend anybody. I Um, I would say so. I would appreciate a no bullshit approach. Why sugarcoat and make it that now? Just tell me straight. What's it like? Yeah. Exactly. And that's what people hire me for. You know, people hire me because they're in a place with social media where they know they're not really using it strategically or maybe putting in their best effort. And they just need someone to kind of come in and be like, look, here's what you need to do. This is what's not working. You got to stop doing this. You know, I know it's been a placeholder or it's been easy or it's been a crutch for you, but we got to, we got to, you know, cut that out and we really got to focus on what is going to work for you. So I think people kind of appreciate that. You know, I, you know, I don't want to tell you that everything's fine because it's not fine. That's, that's yeah. not my job to tell you that it's fine. It's my job to tell you, here's what's not working and here's what we're going to do so that we yeah. can get it to work for you. And here's some tools and resources to make it easy. So yeah, I think people kind of appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm direct, hopefully in a way that, that they value so that we can, you know, ultimately make progress and move forward with their business. Well, I would imagine that your clients would appreciate that and, and don't want it sugarcoated or don't want to be bullshit because ultimately if you're if you're sugarcoating everything for them and not telling them direct and not telling them the truth, they're not they're not going to get to where they need to be or want to be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with social media, for a lot of my clients, it's getting out of their comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes they just need that little kick to kind of be like, we're doing it and we're doing it today. It's going to happen. It's going to go live, you know, because if I don't make you do it today, it's not going to happen. And that's why you've hired me to be your coach is to make things happen. Yeah, exactly. You've said that you focus on solopreneurs find their voice and share their stories through social media. Why is this so personally important to you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. 
you know, many of my clients are, they're women in their forties, fifties, and even in their sixties, you know, so they didn't grow up with social media. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than that. So I'm kind of on the cusp of, of the generation that had social media. Certainly anyone younger than me has had it, you know, their whole lives. And so they're often, they often are literally left out of those conversations or they're feeling left out of the conversations that are happening online. And ultimately they feel like, you know, their stories don't matter because they're too old. They're too this, they're too that. But in fact, their stories are so important. You know, this, this generation of women have lived through so much and they have so much wisdom and knowledge to share. And I want to get those stories out there because we don't want to kind of lose those voices online and only have voices of, of people my age and younger, you know, kind of leading those conversations. So really my goal is to work with my clients to, to get them comfortable with the technology because sometimes there's a bit of a technology barrier, <laughs> then, you know, which is totally, it's changing all the time. And I totally understand that, but also it's the confidence piece of being confident that their stories are important, you know, when they work one on one with their clients, they're sharing their stories and they're showing up. So I'm like that confidence you have when you're, you know, you're helping your clients maybe with through health and wellness or through other types of coaching or, or whatever their business is. I'm like, that's the kind of confidence I want you to have on social media, because there's other people out there who need to hear your story and other clients who would love to work with you if only they knew that you existed. Do you find that a lot of your clients or a good number of your clients do have that technology gap? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Technology. I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, Instagram every day I wake up and I'm like, I wonder what Facebook decided to change today on the app. You know, it's, it's always changing. And, you know, as an example, Instagram reels, a new form of video content on the app just rolled out about eight months ago. I actually just did a workshop on it yesterday and that's a whole new feature, something that didn't exist within Instagram eight months ago. And now it's like the primary form of content. So here you are going along, you know, trying to keep up with the features and bam, Instagram rolls out that something completely upends the algorithm and the form of content. So it's a challenge. And if your business isn't social media full time, it's something else. This is kind of work you have to do outside of your business hours to try and stay on top of things. Yeah, for sure. Now you've worked in the social media world for quite some time, as you mentioned at the beginning, and you've worked with some pretty big brands, nonprofits, et cetera. What are some of the brands you've worked with and how did that experience and work help shape and prepare you for your role as an entrepreneur, helping others grow their social media and marketing? Yeah. So I spent the last five years um, at Destination Canada, which if you're in Canada here listening, that is our kind of federal tourism board that promotes tourism internationally, you know, many markets around the world. And I was uh, one of their social media, you know, content people, as well as on the U.S. content team. Before that, I spent a few years at the Fairmont doing public relations and social media, and then also at the nonprofit Vancouver Aquarium. So lots of different brands all located here, you know, on the West Coast and with kind of a social media lens for all of them. You know, I think kind of looking at it holistically, you know, one of the biggest ones is all of these businesses all had different kind of tools and operating procedures, which kind of gave me the ability to test out all kinds of different scheduling tools and content planners, the different ways people run content calendars and building out strategies that are very different at a government level versus at a, you know, a regular business profit level. And then a nonprofit level all approach things, some things very differently, but then some things the same as well. So lots of access to different tools and resources and really finding out what works best at different levels, you know, whatever, if you have this kind of budget, this tool is great. But if you have this kind of budget, obviously there are other tools that are going to be more appropriate for you to use. And then also the community building piece. So all of these brands have big, you know, community ambassadors and people right. who love those things. So really recognizing how to build out strong communities around your brand, how to engage them, recognizing the type of content that they're going to do a lot of insight you know, and reviews and reporting at all of these organizations as well to really, to really dive into what type of content works and then how to create more of that content. So it's really made you quite a well-rounded entrepreneur and especially in this business you're in. 
Yeah, no, I, I think so. I hope so. You know, I think having having kind of seen it from all three lenses, from the nonprofit to government, you know, and then a regular enterprise, it's, you know, they all operate a little bit differently. And so yeah. I kind of feel like no matter who kind of shows at my door, I probably have worked some way or some industry that is relevant to what they're doing today or where they want to go with their business. Yeah. And you can offer help. Yeah, exactly. So Jennifer, being a woman in business for yourself and focusing on women-led companies, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses? And are you seeing a shift in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship? And if so, why do you think that is? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like now that I'm working for myself, I seem to be surrounded by other women-led businesses as well, which is amazing. I think there's a couple of things. I mean, one, certainly the ability to work online has changed the landscape. You know, my entire business is online. So even here during the pandemic, it hasn't really impacted the way I'm able to uh, connect with and serve my clients. So certainly the barrier to entry for anyone is much lower right now in starting a business because we have all of these amazing free tools available, like us chatting here over Zoom and social media. So I think the barrier to entry is a lot lower which is fantastic. And I think for women too, I know, I know part of it myself was that it was trying to find this balance of, you know, I want to be a mom and I want to have kids, but I also want to work, but I want to do work that's meaningful to me. And so if I'm going to spend, you know, time away from my small children, I've got to be doing something that really lights me up. You know, I've really got to do something that's connecting to other people. And then that I feel is making a difference in the world. Otherwise, you know, why am I spending eight hours a day away from the two people I love most in the world? So I I think a lot of women are kind of recognizing that there's just, there's more options. You know, I think back to my parents' generation, you know, they had one job, they worked at that one company their whole life. That that, that was the path, right? That was what was available to you. Our generation was kind of the first generation where you worked at multiple jobs and multiple companies. And I took a couple of gap years and went traveling around the world. And there were just more options and more opportunities, I think, available. So I think especially for women who are trying to find whatever that balance is between motherhood and work, I think, you know, entrepreneurship can be a great in-between place. It doesn't always mean less hours. I would, I would right. say that. No, sure. no um, I, I would, I would think it's, <laughs> it, I would agree. It's the opposite. Yeah. It's definitely more hours, but yeah. there is something about being in charge of your own schedule um, and setting the pace and just having more flexibility. So, so I think a lot of women are kind of looking to the corporate world and just saying, you know, I've kind of had enough. I've had enough yeah. of, of having to work until five because somebody told me to, I want to end my work day at four and then work in the evening because I'd rather have that time with my kids earlier than that's what I'm going to do. So I know most of the women I, I know and connect with are all moms with, you know, with children and trying to find this balance. So I think there's just luckily a lot of women ahead of us have paved the path and, and, yeah. you know, kind of shared their tools and resources through podcasts like yours, through amazing books. So I think there's, there's a lot of information out there and I think more women are kind of ready to, to dip their toe into this world, which is fantastic. Yeah. I, I think it also sets the bar and proves that what's been said for so long that no, you can't have it all. You can't have the kids and the career and the marriage. Women are now saying, you know what? Fuck you. Yes, I can. <laughs> I can have it all. It is yeah, possible. Exactly. Yeah, you and just got to do it on your own terms. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's great. It, it's about time that this starts happening and, and proving to the world that, yeah, you know what? Women can't have it all. Absolutely, yeah. they can. Yeah, and I think spending years in corporate worlds, I mean, I'll admit when I looked when I looked ahead of me in terms of those, what the next steps would have been in terms of promotion, the jobs that they were and the people who held them, I didn't envy them because getting a promoted meant working longer hours at the office, potentially traveling more back when we were traveling. And the men and women who held those roles, I didn't envy them, you know, and I, I think to me, I hit that ceiling where I was like, I'm at where I want to be. 
but I don't want to take the next promotion because I don't want to work 60 hours a week at the yeah. office and commute in earlier and commute later. So if that's the only path forward to me here in the corporate world, then I've got to find a new path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The payoff is not worth it. Yeah, exactly. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Oh, that's a good question. Lots of different things. I think for me, the the success of, if I would frame it as that is, you know, if you have the ability to start small, start as a side hustle, it is fantastic. I, I was glad that I didn't, I had the number of years to kind of build things out and test things out while I was either on maternity leave or, or on, um, or working for my job, because it took the pressure off. You know, if you're starting a business and from day one, you've got to be profitable and making money, that's challenging and that's hard. And it doesn't kind of give you that room to kind of test out different ideas, test out different ways of running your business. So if you are in a place where you can work part-time or full-time and have, you know, some opportunities to start on the side, I think that is really key because everything takes longer than you think it will take. Even though I'm working on it now full-time, there are just things that will come up in your day, things you don't even know are things until you're in it. So I think just kind of giving yourself the grace to be like, hey, you know, this 12 month plan might be a 24 month plan. So if it is going to take me two years, if the finances are important, what would that look like? Do I need to take on a little bit of part-time work? And just recognizing that that everything takes time. You know, there's so many people want to think that people have these overnight success stories. You know, it's so easy to look at somebody and go, oh, but there was an overnight success and it happened so quickly. But usually when you unpack those stories, in fact, that person was actually working for years on that business before they quote unquote, became an overnight success, or they had three failed businesses first. And then the fourth one they launched, that one became successful quite quickly. But it's because they built off those years of, of failed businesses that yeah. led them to success. So I think giving yourself the grace to try things out over a period of time to make sure you're, you're pointing yourself in the right direction is the right path. Yeah, a five-year overnight success. <laughs> exactly. That's usually what the real story is. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, and I, th- and I think that that's the thing. Also, I think in addition to that is that we don't, as entrepreneurs in this world, it doesn't get talked about enough, the downside of entrepreneurship, because it's not all puppy dogs and rainbows oh. and ice cream. <laughs> it's it's a hell of a lot. I mean, you're not working, as we said earlier, it's not your eight hour, your typical eight hour day. You're you're putting in, I would say, triple of the amount of hours in, in a work week that you would if you're working an eight hour day, like just your standard job, because yeah. you're working on weekends. And there's, oh, yeah. <laughs> as you said, there's a lot of things that pop up that you don't even think about that you've got to deal with and take care of as an entrepreneur. And yeah. if you don't do it, no one else is going to. It's your business. You're You're the only one that is responsible and held accountable. Yeah, no, it's such a great example. Like a few weeks ago, like my email went down, you know, and at your corporate job, when your email goes down, you're like, oh, darn, email's down. I guess <laughs> yeah. the whole IT department, you know, yeah. not a big deal in your day when it's your business and you're the, you are the IT department, your, yep. your email going down for the day is a stressful day. That's going to take, you know, take away from, from the other work you have to do for half a day until you can get that fixed. So right. things like that will come up and totally derail your day. So that's why I say with the time, you've really got to give yourself twice as much time as you think everything will take because yeah. things like that will happen that are totally out of your control. Yeah, that's great advice. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? Yeah, no, I was thinking a lot about that. And I think, you know, it was my very first coaching client last year. 
it really changed kind of the direction of the business for me. So last year uh, in, in 2020, March 2020, of course, we know the pandemic started and I was going in a bit of a different direction with my business at that time. I was doing a lot more hands-on social media management. When the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of businesses kind of paused or pulled out. Everyone was kind of reevaluating. We didn't know what this was going to mean in the long term. I mean, here we are a year later. I'm still not sure. Sure, we know what this means in the long term. Yeah. And so I was pivoting my business to change, changing from hands-on social media management to coaching. The reasoning because I lost childcare during that time and now had my two kids back at home with me. And so I knew the day-to-day management. It wasn't what I wanted to do long-term, but I, I was actually no longer able to for a period of six months until we could have childcare again. And so I started the coaching side, which is something I had been working on for a while, but I kind of like officially launched it. And my first coaching client was just so fantastic. She was an amazing woman, kind of in like the spiritual wellness kind of sector. And the client, like, you know, in her 60s, very much not up to date with the technology. And it was just so amazing to work with somebody kind of hands on and really help and guide them forward, help her get some results in her business. And just really that that feedback, kind of that two way feedback that we were able to provide for each other. And for me, it was it was really that the proof that this was what I wanted to do. It was it was effective, it was efficient, and it was definitely that a time for me to go be like, yep, I'm moving away from kind of what I would have called full social media management into more coaching and consulting. So, you know, sometimes things like that happen where the stars just align and you're presented yeah. with this perfect first client. And that was it. That was kind of the direction changing for my business. It was it was fantastic. Excellent. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I think people would probably say enthusiasm and energy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in terms of being an entrepreneur, you've got to have, gosh, you got to have a lot of energy in your day because the days are long as we've been talking about, you know, you've got to, you've got to be excited about what you're doing because you're going to be doing it all the time. And you've even got to be excited about the stuff that is boring, like the email fix, fixing your email and a website crashing and invoicing and all of those things. So I think for me, you know, people, if you you met me in person, people kind of call me the energizer bunny because I'm known (laughs) Getting things done in an upbeat manner because you've got to stay upbeat because the days are, you've got good days and more challenging days ahead as an entrepreneur. So I think for me, really trying to stay positive, focusing on keeping my energy, you know, up and enthusiasm and trying to share that enthusiasm with my clients as well. You know, sometimes my clients are having a challenging day. So trying to always be their beacon of of enthusiasm and energy on our calls and in our meetings to uh, try and pass that off to them as well and try and pass that off to, to boost their confidence also. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does that word mean to you? Oh, I know. That's a tough one. <laughs> I feel like success, it's always evolving. You know, what success might mean in 2021 will probably be very different than what it might mean in 2025 for my business. But right. I think for me, really at the heart of it, it's it's really being of service to others. You know, it's not really a dollar figure at the end of the day, but maybe it's more about the number of people I can impact in a year or in a quarter or, or you know, or over a decade. And if, if I can help people in their business, you know, reach their success levels. And I think for me, that's really the ultimate factor of success. And as long as I'm doing it in a way that isn't, you know, that it enables me to also be with my family. I think it's kind of balancing those two things for me. So helping other people reach their goals while at the same time ensuring that I'm not, you know, working myself to the ground and burning out and not able to spend time with my own family, because of course, that's the reason I started this business in the first place. That's right. That's right. That's a great definition. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Oh, best pieces. Everything is figure outable. That's one of the books I have. <laughs> Marie Forleo. Forleo, <laughs> we all know that. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Sometimes it takes longer than you think it's going to take, or it takes a different direction. But I think just realizing like this day and age with the amount of technology we have, you know, Google has more answers than you would ever think. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
on Google or you put out a call, uh, you know, to your community or to a team to, to draw other people in your life, kind of help you or support you. So kind of just recognizing everything's figure outable, but, and then also realizing, you know, you just don't know everything and that's okay. Kind of staying humble, especially as a new entrepreneur and recognizing that, yeah, things are going to take longer. You're going to make mistakes along the way and that's okay. That's part of the process. Expect the unexpected. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Oh, I think for me, it's feeling inspired. It's just whenever I'm able to connect with other amazing, you know, entrepreneur women who are doing things, obviously over Zoom these days, I can't wait to getting back to in-person. Yeah, meetings, no kidding. Yeah, it's been a long stretch here. But, you know, when you see other women who are kind of like two steps ahead of you kind of succeeding and doing things. And I'm really, I'm really fortunate to have a few women in my life that I'm very close with who are running their own businesses um, that I speak to every week. You know, we have a, I have a, a call on my calendar every Friday with one other woman entrepreneur. And it's always just amazing to hear what she's doing. You know, and she's someone who's been in business, you know, longer than I have. But it's always interesting to be like, we're having the same struggles or things are going on. And then you feel like, you know, you feel like you're not alone when you connect with other women who are like, oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I've had that same challenge. I can relate. Yes. I can and, relate. and when you do talk with someone more experienced or further along in their journey, they have advice and, and information to offer and help you. Oh, absolutely. Having a mentor, being able to connect with this woman and have this mentor and friend for me has been hugely impactful in my business because there are just a thousand things you don't even know that you don't know. So when someone can give you a quick tip or advice and you're like, I just spent four hours Googling something that you just figured out for me in 30 seconds, (laughs) you know, like those kinds of connections are so invaluable. So along with the best advice, you know, in terms of I could give someone would be finding someone like that, a mentor or a friend who you can connect with, who's in a, a similar kind of field of business as you, that you can kind of swap tips and stories with and support each other because yeah, sometimes you can just go down these rabbit holes of, of YouTubing something that somebody's already got figured out and they can yeah, show you how to do it, you know? For sure, for sure. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Ooh, this is a good one. I think I think for it's really about, you know, that mindset piece that, uh, you know, like the, the fixed mindset versus growth mindset. I think growing up for me, I probably was more fixed mindset. You know, people told me, quote unquote, you were smart. So I, I kind of identified that as a personality trait, like something you are versus something you kind of anyone can be if you work hard enough. And then I think, you know, I kind of struggled with that later on with thinking, but I am smart. So why is this hard for me? Because it should be easy because I am, quote unquote, you know, I'm smart. So I think, you know, learning more about growth mindset and how are, you know, reading more about that and working with people in the mindset space, realizing that, you know, no one is or is not smart. It's really how hard you work and really about having the grit to work through things is really what makes the difference. There's a great TED talk by Angela Duckworth, I want to say on grit. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) Having the tenacity to work through things. And that's actually what really makes the difference. So I think focusing now on the fact that, you know, I, it's not that I am smart. I can do things smartly, but I have to continue to work at it just like anybody. would. Yeah. So I think, you know, realizing you have control over your mindset and how you frame things versus kind of having more of like an external kind of locus on things. So that, that has made a big impact for sure. And I think being an entrepreneur, there are days where you're not going to feel smart because there are days right. that you're going to just can't believe that you've made that mistake or made that typo or sent out that pitch incorrectly. So you've really got to, you know, keep your mindset strong and realize that it's not, you know, you are not the failure. You made the mis- you made a mistake, but that mistake doesn't define who you are. That's right. Mindset is such a key piece of everything, not just entrepreneurship, but just having the mindset 
around yourself and, and being positive and it is so important that that and once you realize that and once you put that into practice and again that is not an easy thing to do it takes a lot of work but once you do get there your whole world will change and completely yeah, absolutely. open up absolutely what is one of your favorite quotes Ooh, one of my favorite quotes. Hold on, I have that written down here. Oh, the one of my favorite quotes was a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. <laughs> you know, ah, very I, love I have it on my website as well. And for me, it's really, you know, it's twofold. One, it's the hiking metaphor again, right? Yeah. You know, I have climbed literally many mountains and it is just one step at a time, no matter how long that hike is. It is just one step at a time and you just have to keep going. And I think that translates so well to business. You know, there are things today that I couldn't have imagined that I have done or completed or figured out if I had thought about it five years ago, because sometimes you can't see the steps in between. You just have to keep taking one small step. And so I think for anyone on this journey, wherever you are, it's just breaking down, you know, kind of those big goals into what one small action could I take today that would get me closer to that goal. That's it. There's a quote as well. Don't something about not looking at the whole staircase, but just one step at a time type thing. Yeah, exactly. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? Oh, yeah, I actually had a quite a big turning point in 20, 2018. Gosh, hard to think of the years now. Yeah, 2018. It was kind of the kick in the butt I needed to, to go this direction. So I've, I've been working on mountaintop consulting on the side for a number of years at that point, but I was, I was still in my full-time job. There was a promotion that I did not get at work. And I was pretty devastated, to be honest, by it, that I didn't get this promotion at work. But you know, looking back now, it was really the kick in the butt I needed because that's when I really committed to this plan of like, it's going to happen. I'm going to quit my corporate job. I've got to build up the plan now and I've got to build up the runway. So for me, it was like, you know, sometimes you have that moment where you're like, I can keep letting other people's expectations be disappointing, or I can create my own path, you know, because working right. in the corporate world, this is what it's going to be like. There are going to be these politics and things at play that that's what having a job in the corporate world is like, or I'm really going to ramp up um, and commit to this business so that, you know, after my next uh, maternity leave, I hopefully I'm in a place where I don't need to go back. So for me, in the end, it ended up being good, even though it felt a bit gut-wrenching um, at the time. It was really the kick in the butt I needed because I doubled down at that moment to move things forward. And here we are today. So it all worked out for the best, really. Yeah, sometimes those situations that seem like the absolute worst thing that could happen to you end up being the absolute best thing that could happen to you. Absolutely. What does the word empowerment mean to you? You know, I think empowerment means really having both the ability to make things happen, but also having the freedom to make things happen. And we can't have one, you know, without the other. You know, we think about, you know, women typically haven't been empowered to make certain decisions or to go after certain things, you know, in the corporate world and things like that. And there are so many places in the world where women are not empowered to do certain yeah. things. I think really it's, it's giving people the freedom to do things, but also the tools and resources to do things. Because also just because somebody, quote unquote, can you know, do that. If we haven't actually built them up along the way to achieve those things, they're still not going to be empowered to take those next steps. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. So the Ooh, next group okay. of questions be like one, <laughs> two, three word answer type things. Okay. Perfect. Jennifer, how would you describe yourself in one word? Enthusiastic. <laughs> Money or fame? Money. Early bird or night owl? Ooh, probably more early bird. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their smile. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? She kept going and going and going. <laughs> Energizer money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aside from necessities, what's one thing you could just not go without? Cookies, for sure. Chocolates or cookies. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? Ooh, if I could teach them one thing, I think how to make amazing Instagram reels. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Oh, right now to travel again safely. <laughs> if you came with a warning label, what would yours say? I talk fast and I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? You know, really eliminating sexism and double standards for women. Entrepreneur life is? Hard but rewarding. My favorite way to unwind is? Reading a book. Mom life is? Also hard but rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? Don't Keep Your Day Job by Kathy Heller. It was really the one actually that lit the fire under me when I didn't get that promotion as well. It's a great podcast. Really? Also, also a book as well. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. That's a podcast and a book? Yep. Podcast oh. first, then she wrote a book. Oh, okay. Last of the rapid fire section. <laughs> what is your favorite entrepreneurial book? Uh, Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo, as we talked about earlier. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> All right. That brings the rapid fire section to a close. Jennifer, if you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? This was a tough one. Um, I mean, obviously, there's so many amazing people to choose from. But for me, I was thinking, you know, Michelle Obama. I read her book. You know, I, I loved her book. She was such an inspiring first lady to look through, obviously, through through a difficult time in the U.S. And I just feel like, you know, through her autobiography, she felt so down to earth the way she spoke about things. Uh-huh. And just I feel like she's, she's seen things from the inside and she has so many amazing insights. And, and her platform is really also about, you know, helping women and, and children and families as well. So I would love to I'd love to hear, you know, all about that world and, and the impact she was able to make. Okay. What's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? Some business coaching. Highly recommend it. I had an amazing business coach I worked through this winter for her program. What is your personal motto? Get shit done. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Straight to the point. No sugar coating. There you go. There's <laughs> your no bullshit attitude. Yeah, exactly. What is one of your biggest failures or teachable moments and what did you learn from it? Yeah, you know, I think a big a big one for me was last year, um, you know, when Black Lives Matter kind of all happened last June yeah. and there were obviously those terrible incidents that happened. And for me, I, as a white woman, you know, I really didn't know what to say or how to participate in that conversation in a meaningful way. And it was the first time I really had to dig deep into this, you know, well, I'm not being racist. But I'm also not being anti-racist and the difference between those two things. And so that was a big thing for me. You know, I felt in the beginning I wasn't supposed to say anything because where's my place? But then also realizing that by not saying something when those when those big events are happening actually is saying something. And so I had to do a lot of work on that and really dig into, you know, those learned biases that we grew up with. And I read a lot of great work. You know, in the meantime, obviously, there was a lot of great books that came out and that were already out then and have since really connected with other content creators in the BIPOC community and have attended webinars. So I think for me, it was really kind of an eye opening to the white privilege that I had that I didn't even realize I was aware of. So certainly still lots of work to do and still lots of mm-hmm. opportunities. But I think for me, it was really eye opening to see the things I wasn't actively doing in my business to ensure that I was putting out things that were anti-racism and, and supporting people who, who don't have maybe the same opportunities I have because because their, their skin color isn't white. Interesting and amazing that you had the wherewithal, though, to do the work and dig deep and and see that for what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think we have to. I think, we, you know, there's no there's no excuse to not be doing the work these days. Yeah. You know, it's easy to, to gloss over it. And it's hard to have those conversations with yourself and with other people. And it's certainly it's ongoing. You know, it's something I think any of us here, you know, all of us really need to continue to, to take a stand and commit to for the rest of our lives to ensure that hopefully one day, you know, racism is gone. But I don't think that's something that it's not a short term problem. It's something no, that's definitely not. You know, unfortunately, on a regular basis, there's actually a webinar um, this week, actually, about feminism and, and, and white privilege that I'll be attending to also learn more for some of these Interesting. Concepts. Jennifer, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You know, don't stress the small stuff. You know, I think when you're, gosh, especially a teenager and young person, there's all these events that you think are are majorly going to shape your life. And, and it's not usually the small ones that do. You know, things often work out how they're supposed to work out kind of in, in a weird roundabout way. So yeah, just, just don't stress about the small stuff as much and, uh, you know, enjoy the moment for what it is. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Well, I was hoping it would sound something like, you know, the most important thing we have in our lives will be the connections that we make and the impact we leave behind with others. You know, all of our fame and fortune will be stripped away, but your story, your voice is your legacy. So share that, be kind to others around you and help to lift each other up. I love it. That's beautiful. Very poetic. Thank you. Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, and I'm honored to have you as a now a member of the Empowerography community. And I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate you and appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much, Brad. It's been wonderful. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. My guest today has been Jennifer Colbuck. She is the owner, founder, and CEO of a social media agency called Mountaintop Consulting. Thanks so much, Jennifer. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You as well, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca. Follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.